0: An oldest daughter, Maddie, started losing her hair in kindergarten. And just like any other parent, we were just trying to figure out how to get the hair back. When we realized there was just no way, I was more concerned about self-esteem and what, happened, what happens when she's a teenager. So I went out looking for something specific for that, and there was really nothing out there.
1: This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way.
2: Thank you for listening to episode 19 of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Jeff Voitovich of the Children's Alopecia Project. I had an opportunity to interview him in person, which gave us a new and unique sound quality. It was beautiful and cold during the first week of November here in the Pacific Northwest, where we had our first CAP camp. You can hear the kids running around, chairs being moved, and fun conversations in the background. Jeff and Betsy Wojtovich are founders of the Children's Alopecia Project. The impact that CAP has had on the alopecia community, our families, and the kids, and even mentors is amazing to witness. Thank you for tuning in to learn more. Jeff (laughs) Wojtovich. Welcome to Alfiecha Life. I would love to talk to you. Actually, let's set the scene for everybody listening right now.
0: We are
2: looking at
0: the um, San Juan Islands, Mm -hmm. but it's the Puget Sound. Puget. Puget. Yeah. With mountains and eagles and a sunset right now.
2: Yep. Yep. We hit the sunset and it's beautiful. It's a wonderful weekend in. Washington and Puget Sound, and we are at CAP Camp Northwest, the very first one, and we are very excited to be here. We have about 35 people here, and um, this is a great opportunity to talk to Jeff about founding the Children's Alopecia Project, and I know the story, but I would love to have him share that with all of you.
0: I have four daughters, and my second oldest daughter, Maddie, started losing her hair in kindergarten and just like any other parent we were just trying to figure out how to get the hair back when we realized there was just no way i was more concerned about self-esteem and what happened what happens when she's a teenager so i went out looking for something specific for that and there was really nothing out there so i just decided that we'd start a support group that in mind and we weren't very successful the first year. We would have one, two families and then later on in the year we'd have others, but they never all came at the same time. And somewhere in that in those beginning months, I said something about we should be a nonprofit and my my wife agreed, Betsy, but she didn't really agree that I should do it. She just agreed that there needs to be a nonprofit because the only way that I can find people is if we're an actual organization. So I talked to her for a little bit and then she said, yeah, go for it. And we started it. We became incorporated as a 501C3 in August of 2004. And we've just grew at a steady pace. Now we have nine camps around the country. I visit schools around the country. We have over 50 cap kid groups around the world, and we're just trying to make sure that the kids know that they're perfect, and we try and change the emphasis from growing hair to growing confidence. That's it. It's not rocket science. We're just trying to make the kids realize that they're perfect, and they're different, but they're normal.
2: Did you ever see it getting to where it is today?
0: No. Oh my gosh. I'm just (laughs) thinking Philadelphia area. Right. So when we had somebody come from New Jersey, it was like, whoa. Right. We had someone from another state. Mm-hmm. And then we had someone from Delaware. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And then it just... I still get excited when somebody purchases a, uh, a shirt mm-hmm. online and they're from Maryland. I'm like just as excited as if somebody was from France. Right. So whenever anybody is outside my general area... In a way, it's surreal because I just can't imagine that all these Mm -hmm. people know about what was supposed to be a little support group. And now we're just all over the place and just blessed to be doing this.
2: Right. And you have groups in Canada as well. So all over the United States, in Canada, Mexico. Mexico.
0: We have one that's not official in New Zealand,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Hong Kong. And...
2: What makes it official?
0: That they're actually doing things I have a form that I send them right. so they're just not ready to go all in yet and I think a lot of that happens because the children aren't really ready right mm-hmm. so the parents want to but they're waiting for the kids to actually come around because a lot of the times the kids just they don't mind hiding mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they don't want to be outed right. and even though the mother thinks that it's probably the best thing mm-hmm. that she could do for her child She's just not into it.
2: Right. So I know I talk about this a lot and having your child guide you. Is that what Maddie did for you in the beginning? Were you- Nope. Were you able to listen?
0: Nope. I was the typical (laughs) parent. I just, um, I just said, listen, wear a hat. So she wore a hat. She's five. So she listened. We got the school to have all the kids in kindergarten wear a hat. So everyone was wearing a hat. So she's losing her hair. Nobody knows because she has the hat on, but they're wearing hats. And it was just easy. I didn't have to see it. I mean, we told her she doesn't have to see it, but really it was if I don't see her head, I don't think about it. If I don't think about it, I don't get sad. And basically she came home one day because she was going to be in a play and she had to make, make a, a Native American headdress and mm-hmm. it just looked silly over the hat. And she said that she never wanted to wear these stupid hats in the first place. Mm-hmm. And It just hit me like a ton of bricks that now she doesn't want to take off the hat. We lowered her self-esteem. We're telling her to hide. I didn't tell my three other daughters to wear a hat. You have beautiful flowing hair. Don't wear a hat. But the one with no hair, wear a hat. So, yeah, we were wrong. A lot of the stuff with Cap is really the opposite of what we screwed up on because we want to fix it. We're parents. We Mm -hmm. want to try this and try that. We want to protect them. We want them to hide it because we don't want them to be made fun of or Mm -hmm. stared at. But there comes a time where you just have to own it. To be honest with you, Maddie did that before Betsy and I actually came around. Right. Um, but it's been good ever since.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that that's that's an important piece to kind of understand, though. That you know, of course, our parents want to protect us, and so they do what they think is right or what would have right. been okay and appropriate or whatever we want to call it, right, at the time, and we don't give even our five-year-old kindergartner the power to say, you know what, I don't like this hat, I don't want to wear this wig, or or maybe I want to wear this all yeah. the time, you know, depending on them, and I think it's really important, I know I share this with a lot of parents, that to just listen to your child, right. and, and the things that we learn now that we're wanting to change about our original experience with how, when our children lose their hair is that, yeah, we can have some control over this, right? We can feel empowered by this and by making the decisions and by listening to our kids. So I just want to say thank you for yeah. all that you've done because I think that it's amazing and I know my parents would have just been in a very different place yeah. had they had something like the Children's Allocation it's, Project. It's
0: very, um, I don't know if cathartic is the word, but it's, there's no doubt CAP has made me a better person mm-hmm. because the, uh, the families and the kids that I meet, I would have never met if I was continuing being a nursing home administrator. My empathy was really directed to the older generation that needed help. Even though I have four children, I really didn't feel bad for children Mm -hmm. that were afflicted with this or that. Just like anyone else. I mean, when the uh, the Shriners commercials are on TV, Mm -hmm. yeah, you feel for the kids, but it's just not something that you're passionate about. So I never really thought about it. Not saying, but my point being is, we all have a passion out there and sometimes you find it and sometimes you don't people that don't find it i feel sad warm because when i started doing this everything just changed i looked at things differently things that mattered didn't matter anymore things that didn't matter now they matter and it just changed everything and it, it changed it for the good it's just something that that i just do i don't even look at it as i just this is what i do
2: right People do think that the Children's Alopecia Project or CAP is for the kids. And when I (laughs) am in a room full of parents watching you speak, watching you talk about your experience, they are tearing up. They're saying, I'm tearing up most of the time. (laughs) Everything you're saying is what they're feeling, right? And And so this project is for the family. It really is. It's for siblings. It's for parents. It's for grandmas and grandpas. It's for the and family. It's for the entire family because it's so hard. And, you know, I've talked to teenagers who were like, ah, this is not happening to my parents. Right, it's right. happening to me. Right. But everybody surrounding them is like, this is if happening to all, all us. If one person has alopecia
0: in your family, mm-hmm. you all have alopecia right, because right. you have to feel the questions. You have to bear the Mm -hmm. stares Um, Mm -hmm. and if you're in a bad situation you have to live with the fact that your child may be getting teased and ignored and even bullied Mm -hmm. it affects everyone in the family and and i realized that early my oldest daughter is a year ahead of maddie so when she took off her hat and she decided not to wear anything anymore which was a process everyone went to my older daughter now even though she's the older, you know, sister, she's still in first grade. Right. We never talked to her about mm-hmm. how do you react? How do mm-hmm. you deal with it? All these kids were coming up saying, "What's wrong with your sister's head?" What? Mm-hmm. She came home crying, and she's like, "I don't want to go to school anymore because everyone's asking me what's wrong with Maddie." I don't know right. what to say. Right. Again, another mistake. We should have shared with the girls. Mm-hmm. This is what alopecia is. We mm-hmm. talk to you about it say this, say that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everyone in the family has it, you're all affected.
2: So stop saying mistake, because it's a learning experience. Yes, and
0: (laughs) I say it not as a negative, I'm happy I made the mistakes, Mm -hmm. because I would have never changed it based, I mean there was always a positive reaction to my negative action. And I'm thankful for that, because I don't think many people can say that your five-year-old and your six-year-old actually helped change your way of thinking, and they definitely did.
2: Well, what would you say if somebody came to you and said, I want to make sure that there's more of a balance, right? Because you have your child with alopecia and you have your three other girls. How do you achieve that kind of, so all the attention isn't on Maddie? So it's, I mean, it's always like this balance, right, between how to make sure that your other kids feel really included in the process of what's going on, but also very separate from what they, who they are.
0: Her hair started falling out October of 2003. We were no good until probably January of 2004. And then after that, we were on all cylinders. And we actually thought about that a lot. We didn't want to overly care for Maddie because we didn't want the other girls to think that we favored her. We just decided that, you know what, we're gonna treat the kids the way that we treat our kids. I'm not gonna treat the baby any differently than the oldest one because she's shorter or younger. So I'm not gonna treat the one with no hair differently than the ones with hair. Because to be honest with you, over the years, by treating them equally, the others had a lot of problems too. They just weren't physical problems where you could see it. You know, boys, friends, the the whole nine yards, basically being a kid. So we actually just wanted to include everybody into what we were doing, which is why they were so active with us as they were growing up, which actually helped them on on a whole other way. But I would, brush the hair of the girls. Now Maddie doesn't have any hair so I would tell her to come over here and I would massage her head. We would always include the girls in everything so yeah we're going to treat them differently because they're different people but it we're doing it at the same time, and we're doing it consistently. Right. I think that's the the, the key, consistency.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and you also included, everybody was part of camp, especially in the beginning, yeah. right? I mean, everybody attended, everybody was... My other to- kids
0: wish they had alopecia, <laughs> so they could go to camp like this. And I'm like, you do know that you are coming to camp like this. <laughs> so it was just funny that you have kids with hair right. thinking that they would get more fun, you know, have more fun if they didn't have hair. I'm thinking... Right. You're already having fun. So, yeah, kids.
2: That's funny. So what recommendation would you give to someone, to a family, who has just recently been diagnosed?
0: Really simple. If the treatment or the cure is worse than the alopecia, stop. If you go to the dermatologist on, on a regular basis, stop. All too often, even though we're not trying to fix anything that we know can't be fixed, when you show your children that there's something different about them and you're taking them to the doctor on, on a normal basis, they start thinking that, well, you know what? Mom and dad are sad. Mm-hmm. They're taking me to this doctor and my hair's not growing back. I don't want the children to feel like it's their fault mm-hmm. that mom and dad are sad. So by stopping going to the dermatologist, I mean, obviously you have to do it when it first happens. Mm-hmm. You have to try what they have. You'll realize soon enough that Nothing's really effective. My, my hope is that if someone loses their hair, I want it to grow back. I never want to meet this kid, but they just need to understand that the faster you get over that stage, the faster you can get to helping their self-esteem. If you stay in the stage that you always want to find something for your child's head, it's just going to change the dynamic. You just need to take a breath, crying in private, never in front of your child, and just concentrate on who they are. How do I say it? If if your child is overweight, or if your child is skinny, or taller than the rest of the kids, shorter than the rest of the kids, a lot of times, you know, you adopt, and you adopt a child with dark skin, and everyone in school has light skin. Everyone has something, and the hair's just one. There could be a million other reasons why your child is having a bad time. It could be because of some of those. And you love them regardless. So just keep loving them, no matter what they look like, because they're yours. And they're a perfect them. Right. And as parents, we just need to reassure them that they are. Mm
2: -hmm. When we talk about going to the doctor and finding every single possible remedy that could work, right? People are trying different things because they want to say that they've tried everything so that they can tell their child, well, we tried everything, you know, or an important piece of that is to really go in knowing who you are as a family going, this is where my boundary is and never feeling rushed. That's my number one thing is I always say, yeah, I know it took three months to get in and they're going to tell you, well, today we need to give you steroid injections because we won't be able to see you for another three months and if you want to maybe stop this in its tracks, then we need to do this right now. You know, my recommendation to parents is always just stop think never make a rash decision whatever it may be and you know what's right for you and your family is is what's right for you and your right. family and for somebody else it's totally different you know even if it's overnight yeah and and talk about it with your spouse or your partner if that is a, a possibility before you do and your child of course yeah. right i mean you don't want to be giving injections to your child if they say no thank you
0: i think just a lot of times we're just more concerned on making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do and mm-hmm. They're doing their homework and we're in charge of them, so therefore they have to listen to us. We're not the smartest people in the world all the time. And you make a mistake. As soon as you make a mistake, you do something else. that's gonna work. That doesn't work. You just keep making mistakes until you find the thing that, that, that is solid. You don't go to school for this. When something happens to your child, you have to be the parent and you have to show them that it's okay and that they're loved. And yeah, you have to say that I'm pretty or I'm handsome but they all are. I see thousands of kids every year and there's no difference between the kids except for that they're different. That's the only thing. They all play, they all run, they all have the same types of interests. We just have to realize that we just have to love them. And I usually, parents that, that call me and they're on the cliff, I just tell them, if the treatment is worse than the alopecia, stop. You'll know when that is. Love your child. And whatever happens, it would happen whether they had hair or not.
1: Right.
0: So that negative stuff—it's going to happen because of those things that I said before. They're too tall, too short.
2: When you talk about talking a parent off a of cliff, what is happening? What's really going on with them? I mean, because I hear a lot of my child's doing fine but I'm struggling with this. Oh, I'm having a hard time. I, so I hear that a th- lot That's exactly well. what it is. Yeah. They,
0: they don't know what to do. There's a, there's a gentleman that actually emails me quite a bit, mm-hmm. and he lives in, I think it's Sweden, found a bald spot on his child's head. Mm-hmm. And he is devastated, but he's so concerned that it's going to spread, mm-hmm. going to become more, and I get it. So when he emails me, I respond to them. I'm truthful, firm. I do it in a way that I just want them to know that they're the ones in control. They're in charge. That was Malachi and me
2: talking about dinner.
0: What, what you don't want to do is tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. You just have to let them make the decision. I use a 96%. Like if you just lose hair on your head, you're dealing with 6% of your body. Right. your scalp. Well, there's 94% left. So why concentrate on the little number? Right. Concentrate on the big number and accessorize, make that 6% better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you do that, earrings, scarf. You just have to push them in the right direction where they're still on the cliff, but mm-hmm. they're not going off.
2: Do you find that there's a difference between how parents of girls respond versus parents of boys you feel like there's there's a big difference? Any noticeable difference?
0: I've always thought boys have it harder than girls. And most of the people that really are concerned, they have boys. And I think the reason that is because boys aren't going to share their feelings with mom and dad like a girl might. That might be stereotyping, but it's just reality. When it comes to bullying, girls are really mean, but boys might get into a physical confrontation. Mm-hmm. Not that it doesn't happen the other way around, but a lot more boys turn to violence. And it's because that's the only thing that they can really do. They're not going to say anything. They're going to ignore the fact that the reason why they're lashing out is because of not having any hair. But I've, I've always thought that boys have it harder. And I think the parents that are calling me, they're afraid of that. They're afraid mm-hmm. that their son will be in a situation where it's gonna be more negative. Whereas with a girl, I just think it's just a little bit easier. It's, it's worse from the standpoint that they're a female and billion, a $6 billion industry of hair product pretty much directed to women. right to, to women.
2: right, yeah. Well, a lot of the time with boys too, you know, we have this be tough mentality, be a guy, you know, you hear these right. These parents are being told by other parents in their peer group that, oh, at least he's a boy. He, you know, yeah. it's, it's expected. Yeah. You know, eventually they're going to probably go bald anyway right, when they're right, older. Right. But I'm like, yeah, but you know, the process of grieving over your hair is still the same whether you're a boy or girl and not having eyebrows or arm hair or you yeah. know, kids being excited about growing armpit hair. Which I- is, I'm bald the old-fashioned
0: you know. way, and I wore a baseball cap all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even me, I, right. I, I mean, I lived it. And every time I wear a baseball cap today, I always think about how I felt when I wore it all the time, and then I usually take it off. So I, I always make the connection... As Maddie always said that if there was a magic pill to grow her hair, she would never take it. Mm-hmm. And I always used to think that she wasn't really telling the truth. Mm. I wouldn't grow my hair back either mm-hmm. because I was so self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. I had a comb in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. If I went, we went to a restaurant, I went to the bathroom first just to check out my hair.
2: So I'm curious, when did you really start traveling to schools and things like that where it became kind of
0: your job? Five years ago, but the traveling didn't start until three years ago, and somebody just asked me if I could speak at the school, and I said, sure. And then they would put the word out that I spoke, and then somebody would contact me, hey, I saw you spoke at this school, would you come to mine? And then I started doing that. I didn't like the fact that I was doing just one at a time, so I talked to Betsy, and we just came up like, you know what, if you think it's making a difference, and I really do believe it does, then we need to formulate a plan. Instead of me going to the schools, I decided just to let everyone know when I'm in an area, if you need me to speak, I'll speak. Right. And if they don't wanna speak to have me speak, then I won't speak. Last year I spoke at 78 schools, and this year so far I spoke at 40. And the thing is I might not speak to another school all year. I'm only gonna do it when I'm needed. So really more to have the, the kids at the school understand alopecia. Because once the kids know what it is the mystery has gone right and a lot of times the kids with alopecia it's the first time that the kids are going to walk up to them the next day and talk mm-hmm. to them about it and it really empowers them and makes them feel good
2: right do you think, feel like I mean I think that that actually speaks a lot to what you are doing and the need necessarily isn't There, you know, it gets less and less each year. Wouldn't that be awesome to think about, right? That we, the more we speak about it the previous year, the next year, more people know about it. So we don't have to go into schools and talk about it. We don't have to go on the news and share about alopecia.
0: A lot of times people say, I think there's more alopecia. And I'm like, no, there's more awareness. More people don't have it. You just know more about it. Because 20 years ago, who knew about alopecia? Right. You just knew that somebody didn't have hair. And a lot of times people just attributed it to stress and it just wasn't understood. Right Now it's understood and it's out there a lot more because Mm -hmm. of social media, Mm -hmm. mostly because of social media, but because of the social media, then the regular media catches Mm -hmm. hold. It's just out of the closet.
2: But one thing I think that has remained the same is when it presents, you still do go through that grieving process, Absolutely. right? I mean, the kids are feeling it, the family's feeling it, um, so that doesn't change. Nope. I mean, yeah. So it's great that we can say, oh, it's like Kevin Bull, right? Yeah. Or it's like Anthony Kerrigan, or it's like Cassiana Stitz swimming in the Olympics. Right. You're sad. You're angry. Your your whatever emotion that you're going to be feeling, and it's that process is always going to remain the same. So I think that that's really important to acknowledge. Just because there's more awareness doesn't mean that we feel better about it, right? When we're diagnosed,
0: hopefully because of the awareness, those feelings don't last as long. Don't
2: last as long because you
0: have other people that understand it, right? So. I think that's important, too, because if your friends and people around you, Mm -hmm. they understand it, and Mm -hmm. they're not contributing to your stress, Mm -hmm. then you can get to the point where you need to be. And I don't know where that point is for all people, but there is a point where you'll just go, all right, this is Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. My hope is that everyone finds it sooner than later.
2: Right. That's my hope as well. Yeah. I mean, because I know we talked earlier about... Having it be 30 years before I met anyone. Yeah, and you still, get emotional, about I it. still get, I emotional get emotional about it. I get emotional when
0: I'm it. talking about it. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's horrible. Sometimes parents will say, And can you believe? They wanted to know if my, my son had cancer. And then I mm-hmm. tell them what it is, and they say, Well, thank God it's only hair. Right, right. right. And, but when you think about that, mm-hmm. thank God it is only hair. But it gets you angry because right. listen, it's hair. Right. You shave your hair off. It's so misunderstood that we even misunderstand Mm -hmm. people's intent and and what they do because they have a loved one that just went through chemo or Mm -hmm. they went through chemo. Mm -hmm. They're looking at somebody and they can have solidarity with. And then when they realize that it's not cancer, something that they might have gone through or saw a loved one go through, and then they acknowledge the fact that, oh, well, thank God it's not contagious. Thank God it's just hair falling out. We need to like say, you're right Mm
2: -hmm. because
0: you went through something that was horrible.
2: So I know this is really not the point to transition to talking about alopecia perks, but you talk about this and I have parents who say, well, I want, actually tell us, what is an alopecia perk right now?
0: <laughs> an alopecia perk is anything that happens to you out of the clear blue and you have no idea, why did someone buy our dinner? Who, who did it? Alopecia perk, they see the kid with no hair, they're thinking we're gonna do something nice. Mm-hmm. You go to an amusement park, and then all of a sudden, you're being led up to the front of the line over and over. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Coincidental? No. perks. Perk. <laughs> um, in the beginning, it was one of those things where I would say no. Three times was my, no, no, no. Right. And then I realized that I'm just going to do it once. I'm going to say no, and then I'm going to say thank you. Because the people that are doing that, right. it makes them feel good. And right. I just ask anybody out there. Do you feel good when you do something nice for someone else? And the answer is yes. I acknowledge that. Now, if it was something that was like a car, Mm -hmm. I would say no three times. (laughs) Maybe on the fourth time I'll say yes. Really? Yes. But (laughs) concerts, I took my girls to a a Taylor Swift concert and we were standing at the back of the floor. Believe it or not, within a half an hour in, in the front because people... They kept on saying, well, here, go up in front of us. And people did that all the way up to the stage. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, we're not saying no to that. It's (laughs) an allocation perk. And I understand why they're doing it. Right. They're thinking cancer. But then when you explain it to them, Mm -hmm. the reason they're doing it is because of the visual. Because they probably wish it never happened to them. Mm -hmm. So if they want to do something nice, you have to let them do something nice. Right. But it's important if someone's buying your dinner, then pay it forward. There's nothing I like more than being able to do exactly what someone did to me. And it's good for your children to see that too. It doesn't happen anymore because Maddie's 21. (laughs) But it's still kind of like cool when I hear about it. And if you pay it forward, then you feel good.
2: So pay it forward. Alopecia perks are great. I think that they can have a different feeling depending on, you know, it can make you feel bad for, yes. for not having cancer. I mean, right. that, that happens a lot because that, that's really the reasoning behind the number right. one reason, right? And I had a man in Starbucks on a motorcycle go, hey, I need to buy your coffee today. And his too. He was talking to my son and, and we were like, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, I didn't actually experience the benefit of alopecia perks. And I went ahead and told him because he was, he just seemed very cool. was going to do it because, and I was wearing a hat at the time. I wasn't bald, right. like straight up um, out there. And I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to. Allow this moment to be what it is. It, I
0: never minded it because yeah. it was always an opportunity to give a five-minute commercial exactly. about
2: Exactly, Exactly. You can take that opportunity to yeah. talk about CAP, about alopecia, right. about whatever you want. So
0: We were sitting at, the, at a restaurant. We'd have people like come in and sit in our booth <laughs> and say, listen, we're taking care of the bill. And I'm like, well, that's nice, but you mm-hmm. don't have to. Right. And then, listen, I know how it is to go through chemo. And then I get to give the commercial. Right. Now they might walk away thinking, Oh my God, I didn't want to be in that mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in that booth for five <laughs> minutes listening to this guy. But the nice thing is we're reassuring them that mm-hmm. hey, you know, good for you. You mm-hmm. keep going. I hope everything continues being right. great for right. them. And it's it's nice for the kids to see that you have other people that have their own issues. Mm-hmm. So I always looked at it as a positive more than anything.
2: Yeah. All right, so we are going to break now, and I just want to say thank you so much for being with us and to share about CAP, because a lot of people will hear about it, because a lot of people still don't know about it, and yeah. I think, you know, it is life-changing. When kids come to camp, I've already seen yeah. transformations happen in the last 24 hours, kids, parents, and I, I think, you know, as long as we can keep that going, it's it's what this is yeah, all about. So.
0: We're a mom-and-pop shop mm-hmm. that helps Kids all over the place. That's yeah. how I look at it. I mean, yeah. it's, we just try and keep it real, and I don't want to make it fancy. It is what it is, oh, and it's great. as long as it works, it works.
2: Yep. All right. So thanks for being with us on hey, Alopecia Life.
0: I'm going to take a picture of the yep, sunset. We're
2: taking photos. All right. To find out more about the Children's Alopecia Project, to find a group near you, and to make a donation, check them out at www.childrensalopeciaproject.org and also on Facebook and Instagram. All those links will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.